Hope everybody's doing well tonight. Another time we get together to open up God's Word together. That's always a good night. If you've been with us, we've been going through the Book of Romans. And um, hopefully, I don't know if you can read up there. We good, Paul, in the back? That's okay. Must have been something I said. I'm sorry, Paul. We're in Romans chapter 5, but just a little uh, capsule of what we've been through already. In Romans, Paul was on his third missionary journey, and he wrote the book of Romans from the city of Corinth. And many of the people he was writing to in Rome, he had met. A lot of the people we feel he met during the time of Pentecost when they were visiting Jerusalem. It's the greatest work of Christian doctrine in the scriptures, the book of Romans. There's three divisions in the book of Romans. We're in chapter 5 tonight. But chapters 1 through 8 talk about God's righteousness and salvation. Chapters 9 through 11 will talk about God's righteousness and the nation of Israel, which will be a real interesting part when we get to that, especially with everything that's going on daily over in Israel. So that'll be a a neat thing to look at. And then chapters 12 to 16 talks about God's righteousness and practical Christian living, how we can apply it directly to our lives. Some of the terms that we've seen in the first four chapters of Romans is justification, which is basically God through his sacrificial death on the cross. It's just as if you've never sinned in the eyes of the Father. Justification, just as if you've never sinned. And our belief is that Christ's blood has made you and I righteous in the eyes of the Father. Our only hope. Otherwise, we're dead meat. There's there's nothing else but what Jesus did. It's him and him alone what he did on the cross. Another term is sanctification. We heard the beautiful song tonight, Refiner's Fire. Sanctification is a process that is going on daily in each of our lives. Every time we wake up in the morning, God is doing a work in our hearts through the circumstances in our lives to set us apart. And basically, sanctification is the development of holy character and conduct. Hopefully, you can look back on your weeks, your months, your years and see, wow, you know, I'm not a finished product in Jesus Christ yet, but I've come a long way, baby, since where I was, only because of what Jesus has done in my heart. Only through Jesus Christ are we found righteous. And that righteousness sets us apart before men. Like that song, Refiner's Fire, my one heart desires to be holy, to be separate, to be a light in a dark world. And Romans is laying this out. Paul, through his excellent writing, is showing that you and I are called to be set apart. 
And of course, we've looked in the first few chapters, works don't save you. You know, it's, it's not how much you do or how good you do it. That doesn't gain you salvation. Faith plus works doesn't save you. The only thing that saves you is our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. It's he who does the saving, not you or I or anything we do. It's our placing our trust in what Jesus did on the cross. Now, that's a faith that starts working. We see the results of our faith through the works that God lays out for us to do. And that should be something that you see, that you say, wow, you know, a few years ago, I would have never been doing this. You know, whatever it is that you can see that God's being glorified in your life, you're seeing a maturity in your life as a result of your walking with the Lord. Romans chapter 1 talked about the gospel, that it was the power to salvation. Also talked about the wrath of God. Talked about the greatest judgment on you and me or on any person is when God allows us to have our own way. Think about that. God's judgment on this earth is allowing men, women, teenagers, boys and girls to have their own way. But when grace comes in, when his mercy comes in and turns a life around, that's God. Romans chapter 2 talked about uh, judging ourselves, judging others. Are we thankful for God's goodness? Do we take it for granted? Is our faith backed up by the works that we do? Are we hiding behind our religious beliefs? Are we practicing what we preach? Are we practicing what we sing? Is it a living faith? Is it head knowledge? Or is it really heart knowledge lived out in our walk? One of the things that came through Romans 2 was the outside rituals do not cause internal changes. Out by just observing outside rituals doesn't change the heart. Doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. That doesn't circumcise your heart. It's a spiritual circumcision that the Lord is looking for. Romans chapter 3 showed that Jews and Gentiles are condemned. Remember, the Jews thought because they were Jewish, that was their ticket to heaven. And Paul was showing them that is not true. That everyone at the foot of the cross is equal. Jews, Gentiles, kings, paupers, doesn't matter. We cannot save ourselves, Romans 3 showed. Shows that God's salvation is legal. What does that mean? God's salvation is legal. It means that God didn't circumvent justice. He's the judge. But what he did was he became one of us to take our place, to take the penalty of the law upon himself. And in return, he gave us his righteousness. So it's legal. Everything's legit. Nobody can say one day, oh no, he just, because he's God, he did this. No, he satisfied the law. The judge became the savior. And the last time we got together in Romans 4, talked about Abraham, how he was saved not by works, but by faith. And he's known as the father of faith. 
And when he was promised and he believed God, it's before the law of Moses was even given. Abraham physically was the father of the Jewish nation, but spiritually he's your father and my father because he's the father of faith. That same faith that Abraham had in God, you and I have. And at the, at the cross, our sins were given to Jesus, and God in turn gives us Jesus' righteousness. So let's look at Romans chapter 5 tonight. And we're going to look at 11 verses, and we're going to read the first section, which are verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now we see the word therefore at the beginning of chapter 5. And remember what Paul is doing. You always ask, when you see a therefore, what is it there for? And it's all the things that have gone before. Everything that Paul was saying in chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, he's referring to in chapter 5. Everything that we've already covered. So he's saying, therefore, everything that you've already heard, the little outline that I just did, chapters 1 through 4, we've been justified by faith. Now, it's not where I, I oh, I've got to have faith. Faith, I got it, I got it. It's not that kind of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. It's a process that God does within our hearts and he changes us from the inside out. So through that change that comes through Jesus Christ, we do outward things as a result of what has been done within our hearts. Now, that justification, remember, is just as if you've never sinned. Think about that. Just think about what's happening, what encouragement that should be for you and I. We're all one day closer to meeting Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We're one day closer. Could be tonight. Could be before Sunday comes. Are we ready? Am I ready to go? Well, we have a fact here that We've been justified. We've been proclaimed innocent by the judge who became our Savior. We've been saved from our sins through the judge that left his seat to hang on a cross to take the punishment that was yours and mine. So we've been justified by faith. Now, as a result of that justification, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you experienced that peace? Do you have a rest that no matter what's going on in the world around us, there's a peace in your heart because you know you're a daughter, you're a son of Jesus Christ. You're his child. And he's given you a guarantee through the 
Holy Spirit, that you're his. Nothing should sway us from that. Nothing should change us. Verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Pastor Joe teaching in John, remember when he said that uh, Jesus was the gateway, the door to the sheep. That's how we enter. You and I, because of Jesus, we have access, free access. I think of the temple when Jesus was crucified. Remember the curtain, the tall curtain that the priest once a year would enter into the Holy of Holies. Remember, it was torn in half. So you and I, 24-7, right now, we can enter in boldly, reverently, with love and respect. Just like, hey, I can go into that house. That's my dad in there. I'm going in. That kind of boldness, not an arrogant boldness, but saying, hey, my pop lives there. I'm going to see my dad. Hey, dad, how are you? That's the access that you and I have. Do we avail ourselves of that access? Do we understand? God gives us children, or, or you were a child of your parents. You have grandparents, or you had grandparents. And you love them, and you go into their presence. Do you understand that that is an object lesson for you and I? For how our, our Heavenly Father wants us to enter His presence. With that anticipation, with that love, with that innocence. To just put loving on him so he can love us back. So we have that access. And of course, that is by faith into this grace in which we stand. You know, we go on ice with the improper footwear. We slip all over the place. You know, we go on rocky ground without the proper footing and we can slip and fall and hurt ourselves. But this grace that God has given us, the unmerited favor, God's riches at Christ's expense, he paid the price, he's lavishing you with grace. Do we stand in the fact that we are his child, that nothing will come into our life? Nothing. Whether it's from a Christian, brother or sister, or from a secular person, nothing comes into your life or my life without God allowing it for a purpose. And do we ask what that purpose is, Lord? Why is this going on right now? Why has this situation put into my life right now? Or do you cave in? Do you fall? Or do you stand knowing that that Jesus Christ, your creator, your savior, your Lord, has put that in your life for a reason? To mold you into his image. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, we're being sanctified every day. We have already been justified, just as if we've never sinned. But Vinny, just earlier today, I told a lie. Yeah, you did. Well, confess that to the Lord to restore that relationship. But remember, when Jesus Christ died on the cross a couple thousand years ago, your sins and my sins were all in the future. So the sins tomorrow he paid for, the sins today he paid for, and the sins yesterday he paid for. The thing that's hurt when we sin is our relationship. Not our standing. 
Our relationship. We want to restore that relationship. Father, I'm sorry. The glorification process. One day we're going to be standing face to face with Jesus. We're going to be in a glorified body, never to age, never to hurt, never to get sick. That day is coming. We have the hope, right, of that day coming. Some of us in just some of us lost dear friends in just the past few months here that are in glory right now. They understand the justification, the sanctification, the glorification. They're in the presence of Jesus now. One day, that's you. One day, that's me. Verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. We also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Notice the way these attributes are developed through tribulation, which produces perseverance. Perseverance, which develops character. And we're all characters, aren't we? You and I are all characters. I know some of you very well, and you're a character. But God takes characters and changes their hearts and gives them character. Gives them spiritual integrity. Allows His light to shine through an earthen vessel that's you and me. And this stuff is passing away. But His Spirit in us is being renewed and matured. And one day, He's going to have to remove that Spirit from this body and give it the vessel that needs, that can only hold it, that glorified body. None of us like to go through tribulations. None of us like to go through the trials that we go through. Some of us are going through serious trials right now. But yet God says through these trials, He's developing your character. He's giving you more endurance and more perseverance. You know, from a physical standpoint, as a coach of young guys and girls, we put them through training so that the game is easier. If you've been in uh, armed services, boot camp, what's the purpose of boot camp? To make you mentally, physically strong in order to be able to fight a war. Not to give up when the battle comes. So the very things that God is putting you through right now, understand there's things that are coming that he's preparing you for. And he's trying to get you ready for those things. There is a clip we're going to show um, if everything is working okay. And I just want you to think of this. Today, let's just take today, this week. How you doing? How you feeling? Are you down? Are things going on in your life that you're really struggling with? And understand from what we're seeing in God's Word 
that the very things you're going through and I'm going through, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, social, whatever way you want to describe it, is the very thing God is putting in your life and my life to make us more like Him and give us that endurance and perseverance.
Now, Nick is a born-again Christian, and he goes around the world meeting with all age groups, talking about his faith in Jesus Christ, but something that I think all of us can or relate to is when we feel beat up and we feel like giving up or we just have things in our life that just seem to knock us down. And here's a young man, he just recently got uh, married to a beautiful lady. Um, and it's just amazing what God is using him in. And I watch him in some videos with young people and just the reaction of the young people to this guy, especially the young kids who have so many self-image problems and they're committing suicide and all this because they don't feel that they measure up. And here's this man with all the adversity he's been through in his life. Now, with that thought, look at verse 5 of our reading in chapter 5. It says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, Nick, in the video, in his life, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And he wanted to end his life. He wanted to terminate because he had no hope. But then God did a work in his heart. And now instead of looking at himself, he now goes around helping other people who have all, most of them have all their limbs and all their faculties. But it's that Holy Spirit in Nick that we just saw that's doing a work in that guy's life. And it's affecting millions and millions of people. They're flying him all around the world to go into high school assemblies, college assemblies. And you saw some of the girls right there crying. But it's not only girls, it's guys too. Because the barriers that we put up in our lifetime because of what's happened in our life when we were younger that's made our heart harder. God wants to break down those barriers. He does it through his word. And he does it through his word in people. So God's Holy Spirit. Do we avail ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Do we know that he's constantly doing a work, trying to make us more and more like him, like the Son? Okay, let's look at the second half, uh, verses 6 through 11. So we see that faith is triumphing in trouble in the first section. In the second uh, section, 6 through 11, we're going to take a look at how Christ took our place. He took our place. Verse 6, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And I want you to think of that due time. Title of tonight's message is Do Nows. Do Nows. As a physical education teacher, we do do nows at the beginning of every class. Kids come out, they're in their squads, and there's a series of things they do for five minutes. It's a mental and a physical preparation for what the rest of the class is going to be like. But notice here God's do nows. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly when we were still without strength. Now, you know, you might feel like you're running out of strength. 
you might feel like you're at your end. Well, maybe that's God's due time right now. It's time to get real. It's time for you and God to meet in a place you've never met before. The nitty-gritty time where God wants you to understand that in yourself you can do nothing. That it's all by Him and the power of His Holy Spirit in you to bring you to the place He wants you to go. Not the place that you think you should go, but the place He wants you to go in your walk with Him. That's huge. That's huge due time. So take what you're going through right now, if there's something that you've really been struggling with, or maybe this will hit you next week, and understand that that's the time where you're finding out you can't do it on your own, and that's the best place to be. The best place for you and I to be is realize that we are helpless without Jesus Christ. You have a lot of money, that can, be a, a, that can be a downfall. You have too little money, that can be a downfall. But boy, to understand whether we're, you're rich or poor, healthy or sick, that it's all about Jesus. It's just about Him. Everything you and I are going through in these years that you've been alive are temporary. We're on our way to glory. That's a fact. We're going to be in Jesus' presence one day, for some of us very soon. Is this your due time to get real with the Lord? Verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You hear stories about Servicemen who fall on a grenade to protect their, the rest of the guys in their platoon. They fall on it. But they know those guys. How many of us would die for the ungodly? How many of us would die for that guy who cut you off on Texas Road or Route 9 or the Turnpike? Would you go to the cross for him? How about the people that have really caused aggravation this week? Would you die for them? Yet Jesus did that. He did it for all of us while we were still sinners. That's how much he loves you and me. Verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What a transfusion. When you take the blood of Christ and allow it to cover you, that now you're righteous, you're justified, you're sanctified, and one day you'll receive that full glorification that you're promised by God himself. Verse 10, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Think about that. Before... When we didn't know God, He died for us while we were still sinners. Now that you've received Him as your Lord and Savior, notice what's going on. He's saving you by His life. In other words, it's a, it's a continual act 
of salvation that you and I are living each and every day. Verse 11, and not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. How we doing rejoicing, everybody? Have we been so beat up that it's hard to rejoice? Understand a lot of times that's our, that's our physical part, that's our mental part. But our spirit should be just on fire, should just be rejoicing. We're contained in this earthen vessel. We're contained in this flesh. But our spirit just wants to go. You know, I think of the things that we watch, or the thing, I, I mean, being a sports guy, you watch these games like the playoffs or the regular season. You know, and when a guy hits a home run, the, the joy, the, the fans go crazy, the dugout. Guys are jumping over railings, hugging this guy, you know, rubbing his head and just hugging him all the way to the dugout. They're showing glory to this guy. They're giving him, you know, all this excited effort that they're giving him. How do we translate that and transfer that to our intensity in, in rejoicing with the Lord? Stadiums are filled to hear rock stars. You know, people are going nuts hours and hours before a big event at, at a stadium to hear rock and roll music. And whether that's good music or bad music, that's another day, that's another time, that's another place. But what about the fervor, the intensity? They line up for hours. They have their barbecues in the parking lot and then 60,000 people fill a stadium to sing songs that they've heard hundreds of times. want to close and encourage you if you're struggling read God's word and if you continue to struggle read it again. Keep it simple because God through the power of his Holy Spirit, will transform you through the words on these, page, on these pages. And then what will happen is, when you see what God is doing in your life, God's going to bring somebody into your life that's struggling. And then you can be one of those people that bring reconciliation to them. It's a chain reaction. Started by... None other than God himself. And all he wants are willing guys and girls to say, Lord, here I am, send me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for each other. I thank you, Lord, for each person that is here tonight. Thank you for each person who will study your word tonight, tomorrow, throughout this week. Lord, I just pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on each of us, that we would just rejoice in knowing that we are, we are your sons and your daughters. That you took our place, and in return you just pour out your riches on us, your love, your joy, your peace, your hope. 
Lord, we're not here forever. And we're heading to a place where it's going to be cool one day to see Nick with arms and legs. It's going to be cool one day to see our brothers and sisters who are already in glory lining up behind you. But Jesus, we can't wait to see you. We can't wait to behold your face and see you in your glory. Lord, keep us faithful and true. Keep us walking that path to follow you. Help us to put our trust in you. And if you're here tonight and you're struggling and maybe you've fallen away, Jesus is saying, my dear child, just come back. I want you back. Come into that relationship with me. I know your heart. Just tell him you want to be restored. And we thank you, Lord, for what you will do to those people. And if you're here tonight and where you're listening and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you know that you've sinned and done things that are contrary to God's law, well, He wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. And all you need to do is confess your sins. Just say you're sorry. And ask Jesus to come into your heart and just put your trust in Him and begin that adventure that will go through all eternity with a risen Savior who cares so much that He came to this earth to die for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.